Welcome to the Gary Baumgarten Report, the podcast where newsmakers and other interesting people are actually given a chance to express their point of view. Any opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Gary's employer or sponsors or anyone else for that matter. They can form their own opinions. And just because Gary interviews someone or raises a topic doesn't mean he's making an endorsement. And finally, Gary will never tell you who to vote for because he's not qualified to make your mind up for you. So now, without further ado, here's Gary Baumgarten. Well, thank you, Zach Hartman. Where am I today? Well, I'm in Newark, not Newark, New Jersey, but Newark, Ohio. What am I doing here? I'm here visiting former congressman from Ohio, Republican congressman, and current political analyst, Bob Ney, to talk about the election. But before we talk about the election, as we were intending to talk about it, Bob, we have to talk about the president being sick and how that will affect the outcome of this election one way or the other. What do you think? Does this help Donald Trump or does this help Joe Biden? Well, Gary, uh, welcome to Newark, Ohio, in this pretty unique time. And before I answer that question, all I've got to say is if somebody contracted you and I to write a script for this election and said, okay, come up with some ideas, and we go back and say, we're going to have the president get COVID within weeks of the election. They would say, get out of here. We want something real. So we have a surreal, I think, situation with what's happened now, obviously. It could go either way. I know the president's been criticized a lot with the coronavirus and how he handled it. But in this case, too, I think that, first, first of all, Joe Biden was smart. He immediately pulled negative ads. He wished the president well. There's a couple of people, uh, in particular, one who had worked for Obama and the other, and she had worked for Clinton, too, made a, you know, terrible statement on the president. And so people that are, you know, in the system, like if you've worked for Obama or the Democratic National Committee or whatever, watch what you say. You might get mad. You might not like the president. But I think that kind of, of deal right now with the sickness can garnish him sympathy votes, which, in fact, then um, helps him. But on the other hand, I think it can go the other direction, too. It depends on how the president handles this. What does he say about it? Did he learn anything from this? And, of course, we wish the president and the first lady, uh, you know, the best we we can with their health. But on the political side to it, it depends on how the president handles it. So I still think it's 50-50 right now. What if he makes a full recovery, which we hope that he does? He comes out of the hospital and he says, see, I told you, folks. It's no worse than the common flu. If he says that, maybe he turns this into a political advantage even. He could, but he's got to be careful too because the average person in this country doesn't have a helicopter that takes him to Walter Reed with nine doctors waiting. So he's got to be a little careful with that. But I do think if he recovers and he continues to do his work and he's careful and wears a mask and social distances during the period of time, I think he'll gain advantage that he's working. I believe it's the president of Brazil who was in some terrible political poll numbers situation on a downside, and he got the virus, and I guess he continued to work through it, and he went up in the polls. So I think if the president continues to work through it, he'll go up in the polls. But again, a great vast majority of people, I think, have decided how they're voting But this could be a little added twist for the undecided. And I am one who subscribes to the theory that this is going to be a barn burner. I know Biden's ahead. It's going to be a barn burner. Just the way I'm looking at Wisconsin and Ohio and Michigan and Florida, I think every vote's going to count. 
I want to talk about your state of Ohio specifically in a moment, but I'm also wondering whether you believe that this situation as it is today at the time we're doing this recording poses a potential national security risk to the country. We have a lot going on now. We have these demonstrations. We now have the President of the United States at Walter Reed Hospital. No indication that he is incapacitated by any stretch of the imagination, thank goodness. But he's not the only one with the coronavirus. It seems that every hour we get an alert, somebody else who was close to the president came down with the COVID-19 and potentially because there's been a very cavalier attitude about wearing masks at the White House up until now, maybe now they've changed their thought process on this. The people who are actually running the government, not just the president, are starting many of them to get sick. Does that pose a security risk to the nation? I think that we have a great stable nation because of the way our system is with a vice president who Pence is not sick at this time, but it makes an uneasy situation in the United States. And the other thing, let's look at Herman Cain. I thought Herman Cain was progressing and getting better and he passed away. So you just never know how this will affect people that have it, people in position of power. And again, I wouldn't say it's a crisis, but it's something that's gotta be watched. Luckily, again, if something does happen, Pence is there, and our country's pretty resilient. But this is just one of those, you know, throw in the virus, along with the election by mail, along with the uncertainty, along with all the questions about mail-in ballots and the president ill. It doesn't make it a, wow, this is a smooth time. It really doesn't. It makes it a bit of an upheaval. Well, since you raised the specter of the president becoming actually incapacitated and having to step down, potentially... What would happen with the election if that happened? Well, if the president stepped out of office, of course, Pence becomes the president of the United States, and then they would have a successor VP picked. But as I understand it, on both sides of the political system, the Democratic National Committee or the Republican National Committee pick the candidate who's going to be on the ballot, number one. So Pence could be the president, but not on the ballot. As president. As president. However, there's another, because people would speculate Ivanka Trump, but, but here's another twist to this. The president's name's already printed. Early voting's already occurring. So what do you do with that? A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for Pence or Ivanka Trump, whoever they pick? I mean, how do you deal with that? Then if that goes to court cases, my goodness, there would be such arguments in this country if the Democratic side took it to a court case that it shouldn't count, then we would be in a big-time crisis all the way around, I think. So let's hope that doesn't happen for a lot of reasons, and there's just a, a good, um, clean election as can be, because I think for the most part the mail-in ballots are okay. But again, if something happens, as I understand it, the party picks the successor. So Pence could become the president, but not the nominee. So for some reason that I've never been able to figure out, this state, Ohio, as Ohio goes, so goes the nation in presidential elections. Why that is, I'm not exactly sure. I can speculate, but it doesn't really matter. In recent election years, presidential election years, that's how things have gone. So I have to ask you, as an old-time political here in Ohio, 
What is your prediction about how Ohio will go? If you go to the rural areas of Ohio, it is Trump town for the most part. I mean, heels dug in Trump. If you go into the cities, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, you're, you're definitely seeing it leaning to Biden. I think this is going to be closer than normal. It's going to be closer than the last election for sure with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Right now, if you ask me who wins Ohio today, I'm going to call it by a very narrow margin for Trump. But of course, we still have a month to go and God knows what more, how many more October surprises are going to be between now and then. Well, like I said, a very, very narrow margin for Trump and anything can happen. Obviously, we know that this is this is one of the most unusual elections. I've been in politics 48 years and this one kind of tops anything I've seen. You have said that there's nothing inherently wrong with mail-in balloting, but the president is raising that issue. So I was thinking of a scenario. This is, of course, hypothetical. Since most Republicans, not all, this is a generalization, will tend to vote in person. And since most Democrats, as a generalization, may vote by mail, what happens if on election night, Pennsylvania and Florida, two electoral college rich states, the votes are coming in on election night and Trump is the clear leader, but the mail-in ballots may not be counted for two, three, four, five, six, seven days. And then it turns around and Biden wins Pennsylvania and Biden wins Florida. And that's enough to give him the election. The president has already set the stage for his supporters saying there was a fix here. Something went wrong. Well, it won't matter what the president thinks at that point in time. Now, Anybody can file a court case. There'll be court cases, number one. Number two, this election is not going to be decided election night. I know that. Now, this is a real personal issue with me because Steny Hoyer, who is the number two Democrat in America right after Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Chris Dodd of Connecticut, and Ted Kennedy and I, could you put that combination together today? That's a weird combination weird. by today's standards. And we passed a bill that Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford set the stage for us to do called HAVA, Help America Vote Act. We intentionally mandated provisional voting across America, which exists, mandated. We didn't mandate a lot in that bill, but we mandated that. When we mandated provisional voting, we knew it was possible to delay an election. We knew that. Because the provisional vote, you haven't heard that anybody has been turned away from a poll. Well, they turned me away because of my race or my gender or my political registration. You don't hear that anymore because you can't turn anybody away. You have to give them a ballot no matter what. Then it's counted or shredded. We knew, again, that we would delay elections by that happening. With the provisional voting in place, with absentee ballots, and with now mail-in voting, they're not going to decide this election, I doubt it, election night. So my question to the American people, if I was back in office, and my question as a citizen and a news analyst from a journalist, is this. Do you want a fairly done election that you feel good about, even if your candidate didn't win, or do you want a done election night? And this is, unfortunately, I guess, going to take some days, maybe a week, maybe two, 
maybe then court battles, but with the situation in the mail and the post office, et cetera, an unusual situation, I think it's going to take a few days. And would it not be better to take a few days than to say, wow, they decided election night and I know everybody was cheated. I think that's better. But when you enacted that law, did you ever anticipate that a president would be throwing fuel on the fire to question the outcome that you just described? Well, look, again, I know this is a very unusual time, but when Steny Hoyer and I put this bill together, we spent two years and we surfed the country. We talked to everybody, Los Angeles, Texas, small and large areas, cities, municipalities, states. And here's what we found out. For the most part in America, can there be cheating? Yes. But for the most part in America, local boards of elections make this work. Your little local board up in Michigan and local board in New Jersey, Ohio, big boards, the big cities, they make it work for the most part. That's where your gatekeeper is. And so I think for the most part, it's going to work, even under this unusual situation. But no, when we, we crafted HAVA, we didn't anticipate throwing in a postal service all the mail ballots, because we didn't deal with mail ballots. We let the locals decide what would happen on ballots, and we didn't deal with a lot of it. Because of COVID, it's been now sort of forced on everybody whether they want it or not. And I would just add that Washington State for years has done nothing but mail-in balloting, and it's worked fine. Oregon. Oregon's had a history of it. Now, in Ohio, we don't have pure mail-in balloting, but we have been doing absentee balloting forever where you request your ballot and it comes in. So again, I've got a lot of faith in local elections, but I do personally believe this, I would be shocked if this is not decided. I mean, it would be nice in a perfect world that whoever wins, wins big election night. Then it ends this. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, the country is too schematic right now for that to happen. Well, also, too much in a surreal nature's happened anyway. So we got to throw in a little bit of a delay too. It is 2020 after it is all. 20, right. And then bring in the hornets and the, and the plague and, and I don't know what else. Maybe it'll, I don't know, we'll have a blizzard election day, even in Texas. Who knows? It's not beyond the realm of possibility this year, I would say that. Maybe a hurricane, because it's been a wild hurricane season. Hey, it's not over. So I just want to circle back around to something you said in closing and reiterate it, and that is that we're hoping that the scenario that we discussed, the president unable to stand for election, does not occur. We're hoping for a speedy and full recovery and let the two of them duke it out, let them debate two more times. Hopefully there'll be a little bit more decorum in the debate than the last one. It was entertaining, but I don't think it educated the undecided voters very well. I would say there'll be more decorum or they'll grab each other by the lapels. I'm not sure which. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know, they used to walk 10 paces and turn around and shoot. We can remember Aaron Burr. <laughs> they, they settled some scores that way, too. Exactly. Well, I'm not advocating that. I just want to point that out. Right. Bob Nay, thanks for doing this. Thank you, Gary. And I'm Gary Baumgarten. Thanks for listening.